Hey, welcome to Marriage Monthly. We are Gabe and Melissa Kolstad, and we're here to help you make your marriage better. And so we're one month at a time giving you some helpful content that we hope will build your marriage. So take a listen to today's topic. We're talking about how to get on the same page with your spouse. And uh, I was thinking a little bit about this, why it's important. Why does it matter to be on the same page with your spouse? I mean, for (laughs) one... God says, you know, the two shall become one. Uh, That's a pretty big deal. But remember when we were in Prague recently in May, we were in Prague because we were in Europe for our son's wedding and we spent some time with some friends. We went to Prague, Czech Republic, and we went to this place called the Museum of Torture. Do you remember the Museum of Torture? I'm scarred still from that. I know. It was crazy. I I mean, they had these machines in there, all sorts of torture machines that you've seen like in cartoons and stuff, but they were real. That was gross. And one of them, I remember, I won't get too gruesome, but it was the kind that pulled your body apart. apart. Yeah. yeah oh my Ugh. gosh. And when you think about marriage, it's like God has put us together into right. one and the world is trying to pull us apart. Mm-hmm. The enemy is trying to pull us apart. Sometimes inadvertently, our kids are trying to pull us apart or friends. Sometimes they don't mean to, but they're trying to pull us apart. And we have to figure out how to get on the same page because mm-hmm. unity is essential to having a a happy, lifelong marriage. It's absolutely essential. I mean, did you know that the divorce rate among Christians is the same that it is among non-Christians? In other words, apparently, faith isn't making as big of a difference as we had hoped it would in whether marriages stick together. And I think we can do better. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening, gosh, we, we, uh, we are people who've been brought together by God himself, mm-hmm. you know, watching him work in our past and our present, our future, pulling us together and our stories together and orchestrating everything so that we could have this marriage together. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants us to stay together. One of the reasons why sometimes we don't stay together are simple little things that keep us on the same page. So we're going to give you some very, very practical ways to stay together uh, in your marriage. But let me give you a couple of verses before we do that. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Paul's talking to the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And what we know about the church is that it is just a conglomeration of the families. Mm -hmm. And the families are just a conglomeration of the marriages, actually. And so when Paul says, don't be divided, I think first and foremost, he's talking to married couples. Do not be divided. Don't let there be any divisions in your Mm -hmm. marriage. Philippians 2.2 says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. And we want to do that as as married couples. I mean, I think about our kids, and I think about how important it is for all kids, um, and for me, especially for our kids, to see us as a united front. We've mm-hmm. always felt that way. Oh, yeah. Back in the day when, you know, I mean, little things like how many Eggo waffles could I have, um, you know, <laughs> could divide mom and dad, you know what I'm saying? Or um, right. do I really have to go to bed right now? You know, or- Dad said I could stay up 15 more minutes. Yeah. All those little things play a part in all this, but yeah. how important is it and how much of a blessing is it for our kids to look at us and go, hey, they stayed together all this time and they're gonna stay together because they're one and so we want to talk about how to get on the same page so we can have healthy lifelong marriages for essentials melissa's gonna kick us off all right get on the same page with your schedules i know that may sound shallow but (laughs) no it doesn't sound shallow at all it's It's practical it causes some serious arguments when when this falls through the cracks in Acts six there was some 
frustration mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and the 12 apostles were trying to build this church and they're teaching and preaching. But there was also food, di- food distribution. And some of the people came to them and said, hey, we feel like our widows are being discriminated against. And the apostles were like, oh man, let's get together. So they brought all the believers together and they were like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And they appointed seven people to run the food distribution Mm -hmm. so nobody fell through the cracks. And then the apostles could focus on teaching and preaching and building the church. And so they got organized. Their schedules got organized so nobody fell through the cracks. And I think that was just really important. So they solved the problem by getting organized. So Hmm. when we had little kids, let me just tell you, It was <laughs> pure chaos. I mean, between music and sports and church and school, work, friends, I think I was buying, we hardly had any money. And I'm telling we you, broke, we totally were going broke. to a birthday party, like every birthday invitation I got, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't have any money for this. <laughs> and it was constant. It was on the weekly. And I just remember it was it was chaos. But um, we did some stuff to help keep the schedule organized during that time. So we had weekly check-ins. Mm-hmm. And so we'd get together during the weekend and we'd talk about what was coming up for the week. And just so we could get on the same the same schedule, know what's going on. And then we had daily touch points where we'd be like, hey, this is what's happening today because it was just that busy. Um, secondly, over-communicate so nothing falls through the cracks. Yeah. I mean, you got just... I know I already told you this, but, or maybe I didn't, but let's get on the same page here. Coordinate together as a team to stay organized. It's really important to work together and ask for help if you need it. I mean, grandparents, friends, older siblings, like just ask for help if you need a babysitter, if you need help with transportation, something like that. Cause um, you can get in over your head when you have a lot of lot going on. Sometimes you well, just yeah, need to ask for help. Taking the kindergartner to school oh, at yeah. the same time as figuring out how to get the older one to yes. their thing after school yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, like, it's really crazy. Coordinate with friends. I, I had great friends. And we'd be like, hey, you're picking up the kids here. I'm picking up the kids here. I'm dropping yeah. them here. It's just what we had to do. So, And another thing is have access to each other's calendars. And I know this might sound weird to some of you, but I think it's really important to be able to see what's going on through the day. You know, if I need to get a hold of Gabe and he's not answering, I'm like, what's going on? Where's he at? I'll pop onto his calendar and be like, oh, he's in a meeting right now. Mm-hmm. Or he's here. He's there. You know, that way we know what's going on. And, and it's helpful when you're you know running around with the schedule, too, especially if you have young people in the house to know what is his schedule or her schedule and how can you work around that and just have access to that. I think it's important to just be free with your schedule and be open to see each other's schedule. I think that's really important with scheduling. Um, my favorite text was when Dawson lived with us at home and he would text me every single day and say, mom, what's for dinner? <laughs> every single day. He's our foodie. Until the day he left to go to Italy to marry his bride, he would text me every day, mom, yeah. what's for dinner? And it was my favorite. But you know what? He knew that dinner was a big deal to me. And it is a big deal to me because for me, it's a time where we can just connect. Mm-hmm. Even if it's 15 minutes. It's not even that big of a deal. But it's a time to connect and to check on each other and to see how the day went and to plan and just a recap. And I and that's really important to me. So for me, that gets in the schedule because it's important yeah. to me. So um, don't miss the important opportunities like that. Schedule them in. If that's important to you, schedule it in. Um, yeah, schedule the important stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. even we still do some of that, even though now we're 
somewhat almost empty nesters, (laughs) but uh, we still do like a weekend check-in. What's your week look like? And kind of coordinating. And here's where, I mean, even simple stuff like here's where our date night's going to be. And Melissa's such a planner that she's always like, hey, I've got three or four food ideas for dinner, (laughs) you know, or an activity idea. But at least we knew when those moments were going to be. And we knew that when our kids were two, three, four years old. We know that now because we planned it. Same, Mm -hmm. same. It hasn't changed really. Um, but it kept us on the same page with our schedule. If you're not on the same page with our schedule, I don't know how you stay on the same page at all. At all, yeah. Because it's like and two not argue. Passing. Yeah, not argue. Yeah, <laughs> you forgot to pick up Johnny mm-hmm. at the store. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoops, he's still there. Okay, yeah, that's funny. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second yeah. thing that we want to be on the same page about is our finances. Yeah. And um, did you know? I mean, finances are the number one argument starter among marriages. Uh, they're blamed for divorce, but mm-hmm. actually it's just financial miscommunication or lack of financial communication that is the cause for divorce so much of the time. Um, but so how do you get on the same page about finances? I mean, one of the reasons why this is such a big deal is because it impacts personal freedom. If you think about two people come into a marriage, two individual units, and God says the two shall become one. Well, the hard part is going, oh, wow, I don't know if I want to rely financially on someone else or to be accountable with someone else. To not have a separate whole life financially is intimidating. And so if there is somebody who, you know, if, if finances then aren't coordinated, it becomes a huge explosion. Um, so, you know, like as an example, Proverbs twenty-seven, twenty-three. I love this verse. It says, know the state of your flocks. And put your heart into caring for your herds. Solomon was talking to his son about, you know, the agrarian society of shepherding and all of that. But the same thing would apply to our households now because Mm -hmm. we don't have sheep sitting around. We have like a car (laughs) in the garage and we have like a couch in the front room. You know, we have that kind of stuff. So our assets look different. But he's saying know the state of them. And, and, you know, the question might be, do you even know the state of your finances? Do both of you know the state of your finances um, because if you don't, then it becomes, it becomes a little question mark in your heart and in your head. And you start wondering how things are going. And that actually makes you drift apart. Yep. So a couple of things that you can do to fix this is to have shared goals. I think that's a really important thing, shared goals. One of our goals always is travel. Always. You know, experiences, <laughs> exploring. Like we want to be able to do things together to make memories. And so we have these shared goals. So every, I mean, I don't know of a time in our marriage since our first big trip, um, that we haven't had another big trip planned. Ever since we took our first big trip, which happened to be, we got married in 1995. Mm-hmm. We didn't take our first big trip until 2003. We, mm-hmm. we spent all that time honestly saving up money, like pennies. We did. <laughs> and we took a big trip and we figured out how to do it cheap. So mm-hmm. we were able to do it sooner the next time. And then we just have kept doing it. But we've always had a big trip. So we took a big trip this last May. We're taking another big trip this next May. But it's because we, we're like, we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, so we've got shared goals. And that means that if we have the choice between splurging on something now or saving a few pennies for our big thing, we're going to do that. And um, so shared goals are really important. A budget's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just having a plan. Budget's just a plan. I know that's a scary word to a lot of people because you (laughs) feel like you're trapped. But a budget is just a plan. And it's just something that you look at and go like, okay, this month we have you know, $200 going to this or like we just act, you know, if you're in the United States of America in 2022, you know, groceries have gotten out of control. So we had to up our grocery budget recently. We talked about that. 
Because it was like every month, every week, excuse me, we were <laughs> going over our grocery budget and it didn't make sense to just leave it that way and, and have this, you know, deficit at the end of the month when we could just increase that weekly amount for groceries so that we still can hit all our other goals. Uh, we did have to take, you know, you have to, you always have to take something away in order to do that, but it worked out. And I think budgeting is really important just to plan what's ahead. So if you're, if you're not using a budget, I would highly encourage you to get onto Dave Ramsey's stuff or mm-hmm. even I was broke. Now I'm not love, love that. that love that one. Uh, Joe Sangle's stuff. I was broke. Now I'm not.com. Great, great stuff. Super simple stuff. But you can learn how to budget. Um, the other thing is, uh, and I'm probably a little bit on a hobby horse about this and always have been for couples, is shared accounts. Like, <laughs> yes, do not have secret accounts uh, from your spouse. That just doesn't make sense. If you want to be one, you can't have two right. financial lives. You can't have this thing where you're feeding funds into this separate you know, offshore account <laughs> where your spouse doesn't have information about or access to that is a separate identity and it, that doesn't work well. So you've got to mm-hmm. have shared, I'm convinced you got to have shared accounts, access. And, you know, I think of two things, transparency and accountability. Those two things have to be in place financially if you're going to feel like you're one. You're marching toward the same goals. And um, and so those are some ways to fix that separation that can happen. And they're pretty simple. Yeah. You know, you just got to work them. That's right. Yeah. All right, another way. Um, to get on the same page as household chores. Now, I know this sounds funny, but let me tell you how many conversations I've had with people that have fight, fight, fight about household chores. He doesn't mm-hmm. do enough around here. She doesn't do this. She, I mean, just explosive fights. Yeah. It's insane. So I just finished the book of Numbers mm. in the Bible, and I just started Deuteronomy this morning, and I was thinking about this topic, household chores, and I was thinking about the um, Levites in the in the Bible and how they were a tribe of Israel. And what's interesting about them is they were the tribe that was to care for the tabernacle where God dwelled. So it was kind of a big deal. They yeah. were kind of like, that's a really special tribe. And so, um, but they had very specific things each of them did. Like there was, it was broken down into groups and they, they did uh, lit the incense. They did the prayers. They did the offerings. They did the sacrifices at this time on this day for this reason. And it was very, very specific. And I liked that because it made me think, you know, they knew what their chore was and they got Mm. it done. Yeah. And I was just thinking that um, agreements prevent disagreements. Mm -hmm. So if you know what you're doing, then you're not going to be fighting about it. So, um, who did what chores in your house when you were growing up? Mm, that's a good question. I know. I know yeah. your mom cooked. My mom definitely cooked. <laughs> and my dad did the car stuff for okay. sure. No doubt about it. So a lot of times that's our default though. Yeah. It's like, well, but my mom did the cooking and, and now more and more, and my mom did the cooking. Now more and more, um, I see guys cooking Yeah, and that seems like completely foreign I'm to so me. I'm so sorry. I'm like, that is so, yeah, Gabe that. makes three meals. And what I appreciate they? the crepes I mean, so much. Crepes, waffles, <laughs> waffles and eggs, eggs, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> They're all breakfast foods, but <laughs> crepes are my favorite. But, um, so th- <laughs> so here's some things to consider as you're thinking about household chores is your likes and dislikes. I don't mind laundry. I actually like doing laundry. I don't know why. Um, I hate doing bathrooms. And I really don't know anybody that likes doing bathrooms. Necessarily, I, I don't really mind it, though. I mean, it's yeah, kind of, I mean, I've been doing it for gotta, a long time. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. And since you don't mind it and I hate it, you know, um, also, but the, I honestly, I would hate the laundry. Really? So, yeah. Oh, wow. I do it a lot. It's yeah. like almost the daily. So I think yeah. that's part of it. But yeah. anyways, but also, um, think about your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I'm a better cook. 
So I do the cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Gabe mows the lawn because he does it really good and fast. And it takes me like an hour to do the front lawn. I tried it one time. It didn't go well. <laughs> I, I pulled weeds this summer and I was trying to be so helpful. And it took me like an hour to pull this one section. And it looked so good for a day. Yeah. And the next day they all so came back up yeah. and I was so mad. And I told Gabe, I said, I will never <laughs> pull weeds again. <laughs> So yeah, that didn't go well. That's not a strength of mine either. either. Um, do you both work outside the home? If so, then the household chores need to be divided fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if someone's at the home more, you know, and that's kind of more like I'm more of a house mom. So I do a lot of stuff at the house. But if you're both working full time outside the house and you got to work as a team, yeah. that's even more important that you just divvy up and, and work as a team. Um, help each other so nobody gets overwhelmed. You know, we have yeah. our things that we do, but if I see or he sees that I'm overwhelmed with something, I have extra on my plate that week, then we step in and help each other out. Have a servant attitude and step in without being asked. Ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> that is sexy. When the guy steps in and does something that you just were like, I know this is my thing, but he's mo- he's he's uh, vacuuming. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's hot. So now at our house, I do most of the inside stuff. Gabe does the dishes because I cook, which I think is yeah. super sweet. And he does the bathrooms, like I already said. Gabe does outside stuff and cars, except for the one time every other year that I pull weeds, but that right. never goes well. And but <laughs> once in a while, you wash your car. I do wash my car you know, sometimes. It's like yeah. sunny outside or something. Yeah. And I don't mind that because it gives yeah. me steps and gives me exercise and I like yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, but I like it. So, um, but we have a rhythm and it works for us, yeah. right? So um, talk about who can do what, make a plan and write it down. Maybe be faithful to do your part and help each other when needed. Never inspect each other's work. Oh, that's I just want to make that clear. (laughs) Do not say I would have vacuumed like this or I would have cooked like this or I would have done the lawn like this or I would have done this. Don't do that. Just be thankful that it got done. Um, (laughs) Be a faithful team player and do your part and compliment each other. Compliment each other when they're done with the chore. I know a lot of times when I do the floors and I'll mop and Gabe walks in, he's like, oh, it smells so good in here. Because he knows I did the floors or mm-hmm. if I'm cooking a meal and he'll walk in and be like, it smells great, babe. You know, he's noticing what I'm doing and I can do the same to him. Wow, the lawn looks so nice or the weeds, they're gone. Awesome job. The leaves are picked up this, this time of year. Um, yeah, compliment each other. I think it's really, really, really cool. Again, agreements prevent disagreements. So work this out before a huge argument explodes mm-hmm. and then do your part and then some. Yeah, that's good. So we have a couple of areas we can get on the same page about. First is schedule. Second is finances. Third is household chores. And fourth is spiritual practices. We saved this one for last on purpose because, you know, a lot of times you're looking at, well, what's the lead domino, so to speak? What's Mm going to get us really on the same page first and fastest? And I would have to honestly say it's going to be spiritual practices. If you had to pick one, Start here. (laughs) Start with spiritual practices because this is something that is so, so, so important. I mean, Deuteronomy chapter six, uh, Moses is talking to the Israelites and, you know, they're starting a whole new life. They're leaving Egypt. Some of you might be in transition. You know what it's like to move from one house to another, all the chaos that happens. You know, maybe you go to a new school district or you go to a new job and there's all these new things. And that's how the Israelites were. And so Moses was taking the opportunity right there to go, look, before you even think about everything else, start with your spiritual practices. He says Mm -hmm. in Deuteronomy 6, he says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. He said this, he said, repeat them again and again and again to your children. What are you saying is, you know, faith starts at home. Mm -hmm. Togetherness, a oneness marriage, a lifelong happy marriage starts with your kids and it starts at home. And he says, talk about these commands when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, 
when you're getting up, tie them to your hands. I love that. And wear them on your forehead as reminders. All Wouldn't that be time. weird? Yeah. All, all the time. <laughs> like a big rubber band with like a paper attached to it. But weird. he's going like, don't overlook the important, you know, foundational principles of faith that will mm-hmm. draw you together. He says, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I mean, he was going, you got to have rhythms. I think that's the important thing. You got to have rhythms that draw you together. And he says, so when you're leaving, when you're coming, those are rhythms. When you sit down to eat, that's a rhythm. When you when you get up, when you go to bed, those are rhythms. And he was saying, mm-hmm. your rhythms should anchor you to your spiritual you know, roots. That's good. And, um, and so a couple of things you can be thinking about is daily. How do you daily establish a rhythm in your home that puts you on the same page? Um, you can do that through a couple of things. One, through prayer. You know, that you would say, we are individually going to be people of prayer. And so we are committing to daily be in prayer together. You can say, we are, we are committed to be people of God's word. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's super important. I mean, mm-hmm. to try to be a follower of Jesus and not be in the word ignores the very thing Jesus said, which he said, if you, if you hear and obey what I say, then, you know, you're going you're gonna to be blessed. Well, if you don't ever hear it, you can't obey it. Right. And so it's you really hard to be a follower of Jesus without the word of God. So to say, we're going to be people of the word of God. What does that mean? It means we're going to establish some rhythms. It doesn't mean that I'm checking in on Melissa and saying, how's your Bible <laughs> reading going? We tried that once. I don't know if you remember uh, that. Yeah, that no. not good. No accountability partners. Yeah, that. yeah. But, but we're saying, I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to be a person of the word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to read God's word. I mean, get into the Bible app. You know, get that verse of the day, get that reading plan going. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have a daily rhythm. Sometimes that daily rhythm can include mealtime prayers. And I think that's, that's a really right. important thing. What a simple way to anchor your family mm-hmm. back to the Lord. Mealtime prayers or even mealtime conversation around uh, spirituality. Uh, you know, those are things that can be really good. Weekly. What about a weekly rhythm? Well, worship. Do you worship together as a family or even as a couple weekly? Well, it's an easy, easy thing to do would be go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of great churches probably in your community. If you're in our community, come to Westside Community Church. We want you with us because that's a, a rhythm that anchors us back to our spiritual roots. And if you're not on the same page spiritually, it's hard, very hard to be on the same page with all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, to be in community. You know, if you're not in, in community where other people know who you are, they know what your struggles are and your strengths are. They can pray for you and you can pray for them. You can serve together. That kind of community is irreplaceable. And it is, it is a fact that that strengthens marriages and strengthens families. So uh, encourage you to get into a, a weekly, a regular community mm-hmm. rhythm. And then also giving. I mean, giving is a big, big deal. If you're not sacrificing and surrendering a portion of your family finances, to God's work and God's kingdom, like he teaches us in the New Testament, then, um, you know, you're not able to teach your kids even, if you have kids, what that looks like. Uh, you know, to be able to hand down a legacy of generosity, yeah. it's a big deal. And so those are things that keep you together because one thing we've done is we've, you know, agreed on, like, we're going we're gonna to put such and such amount of our finances into God's work. And it comes right off the top for us. And, you know, it becomes a discipline that, pulls us together because we have to budget around that. We have to talk about that. We get excited about the same things when it comes to what we're investing in in spiritually. And so the, that's a, a weekly rhythm. And then a monthly rhythm might be this, might be serving together in some way. You know, how do you serve together as a couple? 
or as a family, because those things can really, really pull you together. So um, that's a th- those are a big thing. The rhythms of your spiritual practices. The second little quick thing is this: is your standards. Uh, what are your standards for your spirituality as a couple mm-hmm. for your spiritual growth? Because it's man in our world, mm-hmm. it's easy to be pulled this way, that way, the other way. Everything is teaching us, and it's not all correct. So. How do you set standards that that uh, pull that keep you on the same page? As an example, in our house, we just decided early on, and thanks to Melissa's dad who did like our premarital counseling, <laughs> um, he he had us uh, create a list of ten things we want in our home and ten things we don't want in our home. And on the list of the stuff that we didn't want in our home was some things like this: was like alcohol. We just decided early on we weren't going to have alcohol in our home. Doesn't mean we think alcohol is inherently evil. It just meant we weren't going to have it in our home. Both of us come from families where our grandfathers mm-hmm. were alcoholics, and we just decided that's just not going to be part of our thing. But that was our standard. It doesn't have to be yours. It was ours. Um, so it was a standard that pulls us together. Um, things about media. You know, what will we watch? What won't we watch? Uh, things about social media. What will we do? What won't we do? Boundaries in general. You know, what are your standards as a married couple that relate to your spiritual practices and your spirituality to keep you close to God? Because if mm-hmm. you're on the same page with spirituality, you can be on the same page with all the other stuff. So that's an important thing. That's good. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. Um, please share and subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard today, and we will see you next month. Yep.